Hoi, Keisan and hello. Welcome to Nordic Insights, where I introduce you to high-achieving Nordics and Nordic-inspired people with niche expertise in business, lifestyle, education, innovation, tech, travel and more. I'm your host Satu Raunola, a Finn passionate about all things Nordic as well as yoga, running, sustainability, well-being and great coffee. Listen in for some tips on Nordic approaches to a happier and more holistic business and personal life. Join me to explore Nordic common sense and trends in this complex world. This podcast is delivered to you every Wednesday. Nordics are well known to be happiest people in the world. What do they do to make themselves happy? Kaisa Humphries is a Sydney-based Swedish health and fitness coach and mom of two children. Her business, The Swedish Solution, helps women implement simple step-by-step lifestyle changes to increase the feeling of health and well-being and, of course, happiness. Her business was born after she was feeling unhealthy and unhappy about her own life. She made some dramatic changes and decided to quit her successful corporate job and leave her marriage at the same time. How about that for a challenge? What has her journey been like as a single mom to become a very successful and happy entrepreneur? Kaisa, hey, welcome and welcome to Nordic Insights. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, very exciting. Now, for our listeners, if you can... Tell us a bit about your background. What brought you from Stockholm to Sydney beaches? I think it was the usual thing. I was 20 and I was dreaming of hotter weather and hotter men and a little bit of adventure. So I decided I'd finished school, um, high school, and I decided to do my first year of university in Australia. And the grand plan was that I would study for a year and I would travel my way back uh, via Asia and get back home again. But 22 years later, and I'm still here. <laughs> a bit similar story than mine. Well, I didn't come here to study or work, but, you know, I thought I stay two years and then I go back. And now, 25 years later, I'm still here. Very, <laughs> very happily, though. Yes. But uh, you have a very exciting life so far. So can you tell us a bit about uh, studying? You did uni here and then you uh, entered the very successfully to corporate mm-hmm. career. Yes, so I um, had a marketing career. I worked for a, um, I started off in advertising and then made my way through FMCG, ended up at Big Tobacco, where I was for about 10 years. Um, Very different from where I am now. It was a great experience. I really enjoyed the people I I worked with, Um, great challenges. I learned a lot. It was was a good 10 years of my life and um, Learned sort of the whole corporate way, but I also realized after 10 years that it wasn't for me. It wasn't my my passion. It wasn't my dream. So I also knew that it was time to change and do something different. And you made made a very, very big change. So talk about your big mm. change from uh, from very successful corporate career to starting your own business. Yes. So... I think for me, it was a very gradual process. So I was now in my mid-30s. I'd had a corporate career for sort of 10, 10, 15 years or so. 
I was married, I had two kids who had both started school, but I just started to feel a little bit out of balance. I started to feel a bit tired, worn out. I was constantly getting sick, getting all the sicknesses the kids dragged in the door. And I just realized that I just wasn't living my life on purpose or being as much and as happy as I could be. And I wasn't as healthy as I could be. So it was a very gradual change for me. I started to look after myself a little bit better. I started to eat better. I started to train again, which is something that always had been a big part of my life. But being a busy mom with a full-time job, I just didn't make the time for it. So I started to meditate. I started to work with a coach to just work on a few life goals and just really started to stop and think about where I was and where I wanted to be. And I realized that it wasn't in a corporate place. Um, It was a very, very scary place to be because I didn't really believe I could jump off the corporate sort of wagon, the corporate salary to do my own thing. Um, So for me, it was very gradual. I became quite, you know, obsessed with health and well-being and I felt so much better after a couple of years that I thought this is something that I want to help other women get through as well. So in my lap just magically landed this um, health uh, health coaching course. It was a one-year course. It was all online and I decided to study at the same time as I was working. So I sort of studied, worked full-time for about a year thinking I don't know if I ever do anything with this but you know it would be amazing if I could and after a year I just knew I had to do it so I ended up quitting my corporate job and I started the Swedish solution which is my health uh, and wellness um, coaching business which I'm doing at the moment. So what is Swedish solution what's your philosophy and what do you actually do? Yeah, so the Swedish solution, it's uh, some health and fitness coach. So pretty much it's working with women who usually feel like they want to lose five kilos. That's usually where they start, but there's so much more more to it. So I help them find greater health and happiness uh, in their lives. It really started, I guess, the Swedish solution, going back a few steps, it really started with me sort of being in that place, a bit of a dark place, I'm not really being the best that I could be, and started to think back to my roots and, you know, my Scandinavian roots and thinking, why are the Swedish people so happy? Like, I'm living in Australia. It's a beautiful country where it's hot and sunny all the time, and still people are are more miserable than they are in Sweden or in Scandinavia, where the weather is cold and it's miserable most of the time. And I just started to sort of study the Scandinavian people and what they were doing in their lives, what they were eating and how they spent their time and how much they worked and what they did um, outside of work for hobbies and activities. And I realized that there were sort of certain things, I guess, in their life that was quite different to the Australian way. And I just sort of backtracked a little bit and stopped and incorporated some of those things into my life and this is now what I am helping mostly women I work with men as well but mostly women to do so the four corner blocks of my um, my work is eat well live well train well and think well so it's about holistic wellness um, and where it's as important I'm not so fussed about like trendy diets or just losing weight to look a certain way but it's more about 
finding health within. So it's, yeah, it's very important to train. It's important to, to eat clean, but it's also really important to take time out for yourself, um, to, to sleep, to rest, to find um, people that, you know, surround yourself with people that you love. So very holistic approach in, um, in being the best that you can be. Mm, that's lovely. And so this thing of, you know, Nordics being the happiest people in the world, you know, yeah. one of one nation is always one of the happiest in the world if it's Swedes or Danes or Finns. Um, what, what are the characteristics and what are the features that you think that make our nations and, and that part of the world, you know, that we're actually more, hap- more happier than, than other people? Yeah, I think it's a, a few things. Um, first of all, I think people, like community, is very important for us. Um, I think we're a bit more family-oriented and we have some close friends around us. I think if you as an Australian came to Sweden, you would probably find that it's really hard to get to know Scandinavian people. But once you get past that sort of shell and we let you in, you are friends forever. That's that. Scandinavians are very loyal and they're always there for each other. I think maybe compared to Australians, everyone's very friendly and it's very open, but potentially a little bit superficial as well. So I think in Scandinavia, we we have our community, our network of friends and family that are very loyal. They're always going to be there for you. You know that you've got people that's got you back. Um, we also do a lot with our friends and family. So in Australia, we quite often go out to the pub and everyone, you know, get together. And again, it's a little bit more superficial. In Scandinavia, it's very important to have nice dinners at home. And if you have people over for a dinner, it's usually very, it's quite organized, it's quite planned. You put a lot of effort and love into that dinner. So you will invite people and you will cook something really special. You will have the candles, you will you know, bring out the nice plates and there's, um, there's a lot of effort into it um, and you bring out in you know, your, your close friends and family and you spend time together and quite often you know, the kids are there as well and it's just a big family affair and that is something that we do a lot of. Like I, I remember as a kid my family would entertain probably a couple of times a month, something like that. So I think it's, it's a stronger community base that we have. Um, another thing that I think is different is we're a very active bunch so people do exercise a lot and it's something that it's almost incorporated in the lifestyle. It's nothing that people feel like they have to. It's more something they get enjoyment out of. So, for instance, in Sweden, 50% of people aged 7 to 70 are involved in like organized sport, which is quite different here. Here we play sport when we're at school and then we quite often leave. But in Sweden, even you know, 50-year-olds are out there playing soccer or something like that so we're quite active in that way we also get a lot of incidental exercise we often ride our bikes to school or to work and on weekends we bring the family out and we might go um you know go ice skating on the frozen lake so we go mushroom picking or we go on a hike into the forest so it's a very outdoorsy sort of lifestyle Mm -hmm. yeah it's true that's um, true yeah Yeah, and I think um, another thing is our diet. I think our diet is quite quite different. Um, The Nordic diet has been a bit of a thing um, lately, which is not about dieting or being 
you know, we can eat this and we can't eat that. But it's a very, um, I think, a very sensible approach to eating. It's eating whatever is in season. And I think, obviously, being in Scandinavia, it is different. There's, there's food at times that you're not going to be able to get. So it's very uh, distinct what you eat in summer versus what you eat in winter. And it's something we celebrate. I think we celebrate food uh, over there. It's, uh, we've got quite a few dates in our calendar that's uh, you know, a certain day or a certain date where you're allowed to start to eat something. So when the first strawberries or the first asparagus um, sort of start to appear on shelves in, uh, in spring, everyone's so excited because uh, it's something that we haven't had for, for months on end. So um, our cooking will change depending on the, on the seasons. We will really embrace the, the, the raw product, I, I think, as opposed to just buying things that's the same all the time. Um, so we eat, we eat quite clean. We eat a lot of fish and seafood. We eat a lot of food, um, sort of wild food, uh, like deer and hair and things like that. Um, we don't have a lot of fast food, so things like KFC doesn't even exist in Sweden. So we eat at home more and we eat more with our family. It's quite a big thing in Sweden to come home, everyone's had a you know, big day at work, you sit down to dinner together, you're, you light a candle and you all talk about your day. So sitting around the TV as you come home, it's not a big thing in Sweden. It's a, it's a very important ritual, I think, to have dinner together as well as breakfast together. And of course, with the uh, which is very exciting for us Nordics is the the traditions, as you mentioned. You know that there was there's always something to look forward to and celebrate, and the food is so important thing right. in there. And as you mentioned, we have crayfish parties in <laughs> August, and as you said, asparagus season is in May, and everybody goes crazy with asparagus. So the the thing that there, like in Australia, you kind of get. Mm. almost everything throughout the year same things mm. but as it's a very good point you say that in in the nordic countries you um you you don't get some things through you know throughout the season you know there's some things come come with the season and that that makes it very yeah. exciting and gives more purpose in 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 a way to, to your life and because there's always something yeah. nice to look forward to and and because of going to asparagus season you know that you're gonna go to these certain restaurants or you make asparagus on your own with your friends mm. and it's something that you do like once a year and then that's something to look forward to so yeah. that yeah and i think that's part of the yeah. having the purpose of the of the happiness thing is uh is kind yeah. of really important and i i, I have to say here i do miss the, the seasons and traditions and we try to incorporate mm. some of them in our yeah. australian life but um it's not yeah it's not the same <laughs> no it's not like it's, it's beautiful that it's so plentiful here and you can get everything but i think it does it does take away a little bit of that excitement and the ritual and uh yeah that i guess the culture that we do have in scandinavia yes so what what out of these Nordic and Swedish characteristics and features you bring into your business or in your in your training, how do you introduce that? So 
So I think it's just borrowing concepts uh, of the Scandinavian lifestyle and bringing it in. So it's just little things. So as I said, it's um, I'm basing it on sort of four corner blocks. So one is eating well. So when it comes to eating, I, I guess I encourage people to eat a little bit more like, like a Scandinavian. So eating less, you know, eating more at home. So it's not just what you eat, it's also how you eat and when you eat and who you eat with. So as I mentioned, Scandinavians, you know, they often sit down and eat together, eat breakfast, eat dinner. So I encourage my clients to be more mindful uh, of their eating. And so making sure if they're at work, you know, take a little bit of a break, um, leave your desk, go outside, sit on the tree and eat. Um, and also eating cleaner. So I don't believe in dieting or restricting what we eat, but being more eating cleaner and healthier and more seasonal, more organic, more fish, not eating massive quantities of meat. Um, but you can have whatever you want. I think it's also a big thing in life to treat yourself once in a while. So make sure you have that dessert. But you know, don't have more than three cheat meals a week. So I think the Nordic diet is a very sensible diet. We've also been, we've been a big thing in Sweden is something called fika, um, which is basically usually once a day even, um, people will have a fika break, which means to usually have a coffee and a cinnamon scroll or a bun or a little bit of a treat. Um, but it's actually more than a coffee break. It's a time when we take time off work and we quite often connect with friends or colleagues or, or family around us. So it's, uh, it's tradition in how we eat. And so that's something I definitely incorporate for my clients. So eat more mindfully, eat cleaner um, and uh, you know, treat yourselves once in a while. That's so nice. And I have to say, like, in our family here, uh, we always eat, you know, breakfast together and and dinner together and weekends. We always yeah. eat together. And it will never, we have never eaten in front of TV or anything like that. Because the meals are yeah. when we sit together and and have a conversation about in the morning what what's going to happen today. And in the, you know, during dinner time, it's about... So how was your day and what's going on in your life? Yeah. And I remember a few years back, I, I said to my son, um, you know that there are a lot of, a lot of families who don't, don't eat together. That they just, you know, grab whatever they want and they can sit in the TV, on front of the TV and eat, eat, um, eat what, whatever they want. And he was quite, he said, really? Yeah. He was quite surprised by. It. He said, "Really? That? But you know, yeah. that's the whole idea, isn't it? Just having a, having you know meal together." Yeah. So I think okay. hopefully he will incorporate this in his life when you know yeah, when he will have his family and yes, which is nice. It is it now, is. you know, actually starting starting your own business and it's a very big change from you know exactly leaving the safety of corporate world and the you know your salary and then starting your business so mm. what things do you think as you as a swede where there's some features or characteristics within you that yeah. you kind of incorporated in 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 your in that process and what kind of helped you to to you know, make it very successful it's a very scary thing to do it is a very scary thing to do. Um, I think I've always been quite adventurous and 
independent, um, which I think a lot of Scandinavians are. We sort of rely on ourselves and we just go for it. And I think that's, you know, pretty much what I've done. I think for me as well, I'd already done, made a big change in my life moving to Australia as a 19-year-old on my own, not knowing anyone, anyone or anything really. I didn't hardly spoke English. So I think I knew I could do that and I could still survive. So... I must say, I won't lie, it was a big step. It took me quite a long time to really do it. It took me probably a good year or so of really thinking about it. Um, I think, you know, money-wise, I did save up a bit. I got a bonus the year before. I saved all of that. Um, So at least I would have three months of sort of money just sitting there that I could sort of survive. I think that's a bit of a Swedish thing as well, that we we squirrel a little bit. We're not um, careless uh, with our money. We don't just go out and spend on credit cards and things like that. And that's definitely a way that I've been brought up is that always have 12 weeks worth of money in the bank. So I made sure I had the money. Um, but then I sort of thought, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Um, I'll give it a go. I'll give it at least sort of three months. And if it doesn't work, I can always go out and I can just work whatever. I can, you know, work in a supermarket or do whatever it takes until my business sort of start to happen again. So uh, it was just, yeah, it was a scary leap of faith, but I'm so, so happy I did take it. And in the end, it did work out um, pretty well. That's great. And so what do you think was kind of the greatest challenge for you to to kind of in that process? Uh, for me, the biggest thing, um, I actually ended up leaving my husband and leaving my job around the same time so I'm not really sure why I decided that was a good decision but it's just the way it happened so my whole world sort of changed very quickly and obviously my income I think for me money was one of the biggest things but it was also massive freedom it was um, in a way I was like well might as well change everything and if it doesn't work you know whatever I'll I'll find my way around it so it was um, it was a really sort of one of those it was almost like you know when you hit rock bottom and it wasn't really rock bottom it was quite a good separation I was excited to start something new but it was such a big change that I just had to make it work and uh, I I didn't have anyone else to rely on and you know I was a single mom Uh, I had my kids half the time so I just had to make it work so um, it was one of those things that I didn't really think too much about you know is it really courageous or not I've just got to do it and I've got to make it work and I'm quite I can be quite focused and I just made it happen Mm. and it potentially didn't happen exactly as I wanted in the beginning you know I went straight into I I was loving coaching and I'd already started doing some coaching but I fell into personal training and I fell into a gym and I was doing more personal training so it sort of changed a little bit as I went along as well and I just sort of looked for open doors and thought okay I'll go here I tried something if that didn't work I'll just sidestep and did something else so I thought I think it's just about being open-minded to potentially you might have one goal but it might just take you a few steps to get there and that's okay and the, the time is right and whatever happens try it if it doesn't work try something else. so what have you learned so far you know during this this year that you have this year that you have had the business what are the biggest learnings Biggest learns, I think one of the biggest things is that everything is always going to be okay. I think that so many, and I see it with my clients as well, so many of us feel quite stuck, uh, especially in a corporate job. And uh, we're so afraid to leave 
and to change. But usually, and I've worked, you know, I've seen myself and I also worked with some, some other people that they have taken that leap of faith and they've improved their life so much. And usually when you open one door, new ones open. So we don't need to be stuck in something that we're not loving anymore and that there's so many opportunities out there if we look for them that it's, it's not as scary to take that leap of faith as it seems when you're stuck in something. So I think just do it and enjoy the opportunities that are out there. That's a great advice. Now, you are all about well-being, healthy food, lifestyle, positive energy. If, you, if there are yeah. any listeners who are interested in making a big change in their uh, or take steps to a healthier lifestyle, so do you have like so three very simple steps that people can do that you know they can uh, they can have a bit of a change in their in their lifestyle to make it a bit more healthier yeah i think first of all just start don't think about it like so many people make it really difficult and they think well what should i do or should i do this or should i do that i think just start something um in terms of fitness or sort of yeah being active i think Find something that you love and do it. And so many people feel like they need to join a gym or they need to start running to get fit. But if you hate running or if you hate going to the gym, you're just wasting your time. So find something that you really enjoy doing that's active and do it. And it might be looking at something that you did as a child or something that you love doing, like dancing. So maybe find a dance class or maybe go rock climbing or maybe it's playing soccer. So find something that you love and just do it and I I think in terms of food it's uh, my sort of general tip is to eat clean so try to fill up half of your plate with greens and veggies seasonal things a quarter with a bit of good protein some fish or some chicken or some salmon or fish chicken uh, meat or beans or any type of protein and just a small handful of good carbohydrates if it's some brown rice or some uh, sweet potato pumpkin whatever and eat like that 80% of the time so basically there's 21 meals in a week if you have breakfast lunch and dinner 18 of those eat them healthy three three meals eat whatever you want so if that's going out for a pizza or if it's having an ice cream you know keep the three um, but the rest of the 18 is nice and is nice and balanced. The third one is take some time for yourself. So I think that we all need to at least take some time out, ideally every single day, but if not, at least every week to do something that we really enjoy. So if that's you know going for a walk or if it's reading a book or if it's going for a swim or um, whatever you enjoy doing, just do it at least for an hour a week but ideally for an hour a day if you can but it's very hard to find a time uh, within our lives but just just do more things for yourself that you love Mm, great advice and even if people start with one thing you know Mm, exactly (laughs) even if it's just one thing yeah exactly one of those three things now what what inspires you uh what inspires me um I get I actually get inspired by my clients um, at a lot of times. Um, it, it's great seeing some clients come to me in a place where they are quite low. They have often put weight on, but there's usually underlying reasons for that. Like I see women 
often that the kids have started school and they finally got a little bit time for themselves and they just find themselves in a place where they've lost themselves so they uh, they're not really that happy in their own bodies anymore they're a little bit lost uh, in terms of their career or they might not have worked for the last seven years and now they feel a bit like the kids are at school and I'm not really a full-time mom anymore but I don't really know what I am I don't really want to go back to what I did so now what do I do and uh, there's so many women out there like that and I work with some amazing women that have come from quite a low place and just changing their lives a little bit and just um, uh, found themselves I I guess and I think it starts with very little steps of just sometimes it's as simple as just eating a bit better, exercising a bit more, uh, meditating, starting to work on your goals step by step. And it, it doesn't happen overnight. It quite often takes a year or two, but then how they change their lives and they're in a much happier place. And that sometimes doesn't mean that they're like earning heaps of money or something. It can just be feeling inside as well. And um, yeah, I, lo- I love that. It's seeing, seeing others thrive and being the best like they can be. Mm, that's great feedback for you that you know that what you done you have been helping people so that's really lovely mm. now where if people living in sydney or where do they find you and where can they get more information about you yep so i am based in the eastern suburbs so if you want to see me face to face i um i mainly work around the eastern suburbs i work outdoors because i realized with covid that working outdoors is amazing um, so I'm in parks and beaches and around eastern suburbs. I have a website. Uh, it's called The Swedish Solution. I'm also on Instagram under Swedish Solution. And uh, I'm actually starting up an online program that I'm working on at the moment. So I'm aiming to open that up in February. And that will basically take through the step-by-step on how you can live a little bit healthier, a little bit happier, inspired by the Swedish way um, of living. Well, that's great. And uh, people should check your website and they see how you are so healthy and happy and full of positive energy. You are a great, great <laughs> ad for your business. So it's been lovely to talk to you, Kaiser. And uh, I'm sure our listeners got great tips um, how they can actually also achieve a bit more he- healthy and happier life in an, in the Swedish and Nordic style. So it's, we will uh, check your website and your Instagram and follow your successful journey. That sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I would appreciate if you would leave a quick rating and review. You can also find Nordic Insights on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Voi hyvin, hade sopra, take care.